Amen. Praise God. Would you grab your Bible with me and go with me to the book of John? And then if you would also, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to help a little bit tonight because we're going to cover some stuff quickly. I, I'm going to try to move fast. I, I say that and I don't always do good at that. I'm going to try. As fast as the Holy Ghost will let us. So, well, it's pretty easy to find. Everybody know where the book of Revelation is in your Bible? Okay, good. Because we're, gonna go, we're not going to go to Revelation, but we're going to go from John. After we're in John a little bit, we're going to just jump right back to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, which are small little letters. And so they're just right in front of Revelation. So when we jump there, we're going to be reading some things from John tonight. I guess we could go into Revelation. John wrote that too, but we're not going to tonight. Okay? John 8 and verse 32. John 8 and verse 32. Very familiar to many of us. A great scripture to memorize. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We live in a day and an hour in which truth has been just distilled, distorted. I guess technically you can't really distill and distort truth, because the moment you do that, it's no longer truth. But truth has definitely come under attack. Words that have meant the same thing for thousands of years, we've decided to change the meaning of them as though we have the right to change truth. Uh, You don't get to do that. Truth is under attack. And if there was ever a time that we need to know, love, and hold to truth, it's now. I I remember I was trying to find it. I, I did not have any success finding it. I think it's because it was years ago that I posted it when I used to have a Facebook page. And, uh, but I, I was seeing some elements that were concerning me, and this has probably been 12, 14 years ago, and I'm, I know this has been going on a lot, lot, lot longer than that. But social media has just sped it up. Has sped up, right? The word that's out there now is misinformation. Well, it's an attack on truth. It's an attack on truth. Bear with me. We're, we're going to shift here, but we, we need to understand why this is so critical and so important. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We can understand from that, if I don't know the truth, I'm not free. Those who do not know the truth are in bondage. The truth makes you free. And so we need truth. But I had made a statement some years ago. I I think I'd written it on my then existing Facebook page. That what I felt was happening, it, it was really the thing that made me delete. Is that you could no longer distinguish what was true and what wasn't. And 
the danger there wasn't that truth would cease to exist, but that people would become so calloused that even when confronted with the truth, they would no longer believe truth. And we have now had developed in the last few years what, this term that you've been hearing more and more, my truth, her truth, his truth, their truth. Well, I, I realize people have perspectives. I realize people view things differently. I, I, I work in the banking world. If there's a robbery, we tell people not to talk to each other, but to just write down what they witnessed until they get to speak with the authorities individually. Because we know if they start talking, they may change what they remember to align with somebody else's story. Everybody has a different perspective. Now, clearly there's only one truth, but people remember different things. So I'm not talking about people's perspective. And I know sometimes people use that when they talk about, well, my truth. Well, that's your perspective. But truth, the truth that we're talking about. Grass is green. You can believe whatever you want. Grass is green. Now, I realize, well, it can be dead, then it's brown. That's it. But either way, those are both true statements, right? Um, you can call it whatever you want. But when you're born, you're either a male or a female. That's a truth. It's a truth. You don't get to change that. Marriage is still between one man and one woman. That is a truth. How do I know that's a truth? Because it's in the Word of God. The Word is truth. And so we'll know the truth, and the truth, this is critical for us. This is critical for us. There is a spirit of the world that's at work today, and you and I are not opposing people. We must understand that. The children of God, the church of the living God is not opposing people. But we do oppose the God of this world. And He is a liar and the father of it. And so we must be people of truth. We must know the truth. Why? Because if we know the truth, we're made free. If we do not seek to know the truth, we will find ourselves in bondage. Bondage to the world system. Bondage to deception. Bondage to the things of this world. Bondage to the world's ideology. Bondage to any way the adversary can get us in bondage. We must seek to know truth. You know the truth. The truth makes you free. We need truth. John 14 and 6. Jesus Christ said, we can quote this again. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the embodiment of truth. All that He is, all that He was, all that He ever will be, the ever-eternal existent God, He is truth. He is absolute. He is unchanging. He is forever settled. He's truth. His Word is truth. Thy Word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will never pass away. That's truth. That's truth. Notice John 14. If you're there in John 14, we just read verse number 6. Tremendous chapter about truth. You skip down from verse number 6 into verse 16. Jesus says, watch, notice, and I will pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Now he's not praying right now, but he 
telling his disciples, I'm going to pray. He said, I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, verse 17, even the Spirit of truth. Everybody say, Spirit of truth. Jesus said, He would give you the Spirit of truth. Watch. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. What does he mean, he does, the world doesn't see him? He was talking of himself. He was the Messiah. He was God manifest in the flesh. But they just saw a man. They just saw Mary and Joseph's boy. They did not see who he was. They couldn't receive him. That's what he's talking about, what John was writing about in the first chapter. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They didn't see him for who he was, otherwise they would have received him. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. Jesus was speaking. And shall be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus was speaking. He said, there's a comforter, even the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I dwell with you, but I'm going to be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Spirit of truth. Turn to John chapter 16, please. See, this is going to be easy. You're going to be able to keep right up. We could read all of these chapters because it's a full thread, but I just want you to see what Jesus is expressing to his disciples. And if it was so critical that he expressed it to his disciples, you and I must lay hold of what he was declaring to them. John 16, starting with verse number 7. Watch. Nevertheless, again, Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. See, he's still in the same thread that he was in in verse chapter 14. And we're two chapters later. Man put chapters there. He's staying in this thread. You should read John 14, 15, 16, and 17 all together. We just don't have time for that tonight. Well, we probably do, but you would, yeah, you understand. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Now, I want you to just notice, just a little side note here. Jesus isn't confused. In John 14, he said, my Father will send the Comforter. In John 16, he said, I will send the Comforter. Well, who's sending him? The Father and the Son. The one and the same. I will send him to you. Verse 8. Watch. And when he is come, who's he? The comforter, Jesus, right? When he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. Watch, this is what the comforter is going to do. He's going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, of sin because they believe not on me. That's what he said in verse 14, right? Or in chapter 14. They believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now watch verse 13. How be it when he... Who's he? 
the Comforter, Jesus, the Spirit of Truth. How it when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, watch what He's going to do. He will guide you into all truth. Do you see the connection here from John 14 all the way to John 16? The Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter. The Comforter, I'm gonna, the Father's going to send. I'm going to send. I'm with you. I'm going to be in you. Even the Spirit of Truth. When the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, I want you to go back with me to verse number 8 again. Because this is what the Spirit of Truth is going to do. When He has come. When the Spirit of Truth has come. He will reprove the world of sin. Why is it that a, a church filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, walking, manifesting the power of God, declaring the Spirit of God, why is the world attacking the living church? Because the church of the living God, filled with the Spirit of God, reproves the world of sin. This is what the Spirit of truth does. You understand? Not beating people over the head. But you ever watch somebody that was caught not being truthful? And they feel like they're backed into a corner and they start raging or attacking even though they know they're wrong? This is what the spirit of truth does. Now, we were admonished to speak the truth in love. But truth always confronts sin. We can't try to, and this is where churchdom has gotten in trouble. It said, you know what, let me, you know, let's make it softer. Let's, let's seek places where we can compromise. They may not call it compromise. The goal isn't to be harsh. God forbid. We, should, we need the wisdom that's from above. It's gentle. It's peaceable. It's, gent it's easy to be entreated. It's without partiality. It's without hypocrisy. But we can't change truth so that people will accept truth. But truth is going to reprove the world of sin. It's going to happen. It's the spirit of truth. It's what it does. It's going to... Reprove the world of righteousness and of justice. This is what the Spirit of truth does. Verse 13 again. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. This is the work of the Spirit of truth. If you go back and you read all those chapters that I said together, 14 through 17 of John, this is where Jesus said, I don't even say the things I say. I don't say them. The Father tells me what to speak, and I say it. Here he's saying this is what the spirit of truth is going to do in you. This is why Luke called the spirit of truth the promise of the Father. Not the promise from the Father, the promise of the Father. It's the very spirit of the Father dwelling in you. The spirit of truth. And what happens? He won't speak. He'll speak whatever he hears. That spirit of truth that you yield to, the indwelling spirit of God, you hear what he speaks, you speak it. Okay? John 17. I'm hurrying. We could take a lot of time just on a couple of, I'm just, 
I'm trusting stuff to get in there. And you go back and read these. The spirit of truth. John 17. Remember in John 14 where we read, Jesus said, I'll pray. Remember that? John 17, verse number 1. These words spake Jesus. What words? John 14, 15, and 16. When it says, these words spake Jesus, it's referencing John 14, 15, and 16. Because he spoke all of those things. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. What does that sound like? That sound like somebody starting to pray? It's exactly what he's doing. Chapter 17, he is praying just like he said he would. All right, that's the only reason we read that. I wanted you to see that. After he finished 14, 15, and 16, he begins to pray just like he said he would. And I want, again, for sake of time, skip down to verse 15. Just in case you wondered, was he really praying? He says, Jesus is still talking, I pray not that you should take them out of the world. You ever just wish he'd take you out of all this mess? Jesus didn't pray that for you. Ha! <laughs> We need a revelation right there for some of you. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Watch verse 17. Sanctify them through what? Thy truth. Thy word is Truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When you and I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we just read it in John 14, we saw it again in John 16. When we receive the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, we receive the Spirit of truth. And the purpose of the Spirit of truth, as we read in John 16, is to lead us and guide us into all truth. How do we discern the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error? By the indwelling spirit of truth. We need truth. We don't need just truth here. We need the indwelling spirit of truth. This is why we must be and need to be baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. In this day of falsehood and the God of this world, who is a liar and the father of it, spreading lies and deceiving many, we need people of God who are filled and walking in the Spirit of Truth. Hear me. Truth is absolute. Truth is absolute. Truth is absolute. Truth is without error. If there's error, it's not truth. Truth is without error. Truth does not change. Hear me. 
Truth does not change. Jesus said, we read it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I love it in Hebrews 13 and 8. A lot of you could probably quote this. The writer of Hebrews said this, Jesus Christ, truth, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Truth does not change. Truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear me. I know you believe this, but we need to hear it. We need to lay hold. We need a love for truth. You still have to repent of your sins to be forgiven. You still need to go down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ for the blood to be applied to your life and the remission of sin. You need to be baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you are, initially, you will speak with other tongues as His Spirit gives the utterance. That's truth. That's the Word of God. It doesn't change. You and I must live holy and separated from this present world if we want to be saved. That's truth. It doesn't change. It's absolute. God knows when He fills us with His Spirit of truth that we would begin to be led by and guided into all truth. We need a love for truth. Not knowledge. We need a love for the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. We need a love for the truth. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love truth, you'll keep truth. If you love truth, you'll walk in truth. If you love truth, your life will exhibit truth. We need a love for truth. Again, not head knowledge. And we need to know the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God. How do I... We, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago. How do I know the difference between a counterfeit and the real thing? Not by studying counterfeits, by studying the real thing. How do I know truth? I dig in the word. I seek to know truth. I want to love for truth. I want to love for the word. I don't want to just get it up here. I want to get it in here. Right on the fleshy tables of my heart. How does he do that? By his spirit dwelling in me. The indwelling spirit of truth begins to write on my heart and yours. We need a love for truth. Teach us to yield to and speak the truth. Baptize us with truth. Consume us with a love for truth. Would you pray with me right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We stand against all that the God of this world would speak and do that would oppose truth. I pray spirit of truth be stirred up within us. Anoint us afresh and anew. I pray consume us with a love for truth. Baptize us, I pray, Lord Jesus, with a love for truth. Let the gift of the Holy Ghost, the very Spirit of truth, your Spirit of truth, operate in us, with us, and through us for the glory of God. Let it reprove the world of sin and righteousness and a judgment according to your word and your design. 
In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. This was critical. This was vital. Jesus spoke these things. And understand how much it mattered to John. This is why I want us to flip back to now 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. I'm just going to read through some scriptures, sort of rapid fire here. But I want you to keep your spirit open and let these words get in. So you may remember I sent a message out a week and a half ago and said, read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Remember that? Or I ask you to. I'm trusting you did, so you got a week and a half to do it. But if not, that's okay. You can read it later. But I want you to see this thread through these things. John is writing. John is, this is late in life for John. And you see something he was very concerned about with people he was writing to. So watch. Again, I'm going to go quickly. You can go back and listen if you want to write them all down later, or I can write them down and send them to you. Watch. 1 John chapter 1. You there? Starting with verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him. Speaking of Jesus. And we declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I'm going to read that again. This then is the message, he said. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. See, we just thought the truth was something we could know. John reveals to us truth is something we do. It's how we live. If I walk in darkness, I am not living in truth. What fellowship, Paul said in Corinthians, what fellowship hath light with darkness? Or what concord hath... I just forgot the word, with Belial. But he was addressing this coming together. It was when he talked about don't be unequally yoked. If we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. The children of God filled with the spirit of truth should not walk in darkness. Amen. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. John was concerned about this. Skip down to chapter 2. I really want to expound on some of this, but I don't. I feel like the Lord said just read through them. Chapter 2, verse 4. John's still writing. Remember, man put the chapters there. John just wrote this letter, this first letter. 2 and 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth, is not in him. Verse 21 of chapter 2. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. 
Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. I want you to notice verse 23. He that or whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Is that what it says? You can't deny that Jesus is the Christ and have the Father. But watch what he says. But he that acknowledges the Son, he has the Father also. How is that possible? How is it possible that you can deny the Son and not have the Father... But you can acknowledge the Son, and in your acknowledgement of the Son, you also have the Father. Because Jesus said, He that hath seen me has seen the Father. I and my Father are one. You can't say you have the Father if you deny that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. But if you acknowledge that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, you have the Father also. Amen? That's truth. Verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which you've heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning... Watch, watch, watch John's concern. These are the things I've written to you concerning them that seduce you. This is what you're going to deal with, he's saying. Verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Truth. The spirit of truth. Remember, Jesus said he'll teach you and guide you into all truth. This is exactly what John is talking about here again. The anointing which you received of him abides in you. And so you don't need a man to teach you. If you'll listen to that spirit that abides in you, it'll teach you all things. Now, chapter 3, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. You know, it's possible to love in tongue, in word, but not love in truth. Apparently. John said, let us not love in word. He wasn't saying that we shouldn't have words of love. But it's got to be in truth. It's got to be in truth. How tragic would it be if I say I love my children, but I lead them in error? If I love them, I'm going to lead them in truth. I'm going to lead them in truth. Let us not love in word and neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Next verse. And hereby we know that we are of the truth. And shall assure our hearts before him. 
chapter 4, verse 5. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God doesn't hear us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is why we must have an ear to hear and know the voice of God. That's why we need to be filled with the spirit of truth. It's how we discern error. How did the Apostle Paul, in the book of Acts, when he's walking through the city multiple days, and this woman is following him around with men, and she's saying, these, servant, these men be the servants of the Most High God, which declare unto us the way of the Lord. These men be the servants of the... And she's saying this. And her word is truth, but it's not the spirit of truth. How did Paul know that? Because after a while, he finally turned around and he rebuked that unclean spirit and called it out of her. It was a spirit of divination. It was saying things that were, had truth in them. But it was not the spirit of truth. How did Paul discern the difference? I'll tell you how Paul discerned. Paul was filled with the spirit of truth. And that's how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He had the spirit of truth. And he's like, that does not bear witness with my spirit. That is error. And finally, he turned and rebuked it. Walking in truth. This is why we need a love for truth. That's why it's not just head knowledge. Jesus said in the last days that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. I'm not interested in being deceived, especially at the end of the race. I want to love truth. And I don't stand here like I've got all truth figured out. I'm still digging. His depths are unsearchable. I want to know his word and know him who is truth. Where are we at? Chapter 5. Watch. Verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth Jesus is the Son of God. That should give you... You believe Jesus is the Son of God? You're the one meant to overcome the world. Is that what it says? Who's the one that overcomes the world? He that believed Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to overcome the world. Some of you aren't as excited as I am. Verse 6. I mean, that means we win. I don't know if the God of this world doesn't win. We're going to overcome the world. This is why truth matters. Verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Verse 19, same chapter, 5. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know Him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. Watch. This is the true 
God and eternal life. Why is John writing all of these things? Why is this thread through John? We're still just in 1 John. Why is this thread all through John's letters? Because if you read these or if you go read all of his letters, and the other two are just one page each, not even a full page. They're both half pages. Why is he right? Well, let's, let's, let's read real quick because there's not much in the other two, but I want you to see it. Second John. First chapter, only chapter of Second John. Starting with verse number one. The elder, that's John, unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the... Ch- How does he love them? Whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. Verse 2. For the truth's sake. John sort of got a thing about truth, doesn't he? For the truth's sake, which dwells in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you. Mercy, peace from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. In truth and love. I rejoiced greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. Third John, that's the next page in your Bible. This is the third letter he wrote. Third John, verse number three, there's only one chapter. Verse number three. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified. What did he rejoice greatly about them testifying? Because they testified of the truth that is in you, even as you walk in truth. That caused John to rejoice greatly. I have no greater joy. We quote that verse a lot as parents. John wasn't just writing it as a father. He wasn't writing it as a father of children. Like mom, dad son, daughter. He was writing it as a father in the faith who had birthed spiritual children. And he said, I have no greater joy. Nothing brings me more joy. There's no joy that's greater than the joy that I get from knowing and hearing that my children walk in truth. Why is John so adamant about truth? Why is that thread woven? I mean, I know you may not think so, but we went through them pretty quickly. Why was he so adamantly declaring every letter he write? That was the theme. That was the central element of it. Truth, truth, truth. Know the truth. Walk in truth. Love the truth. Great joy from knowing people are walking in truth. Don't be deceived. Hold to truth. Jesus Christ, He is the true eternal God. Why? Because if you read other parts, He says the spirit of Antichrist shall come and is already come. He knew That the God of this world, if he would seek any way to destroy the church and the people of God, he would look for ways to erode truth. 
we need a love for truth. We need to be filled with, I don't just mean initially, I mean daily. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It is the spirit of truth. I'm telling you, if you and I aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, we are at risk of being deceived. Because it is the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us. I want to, I want to be guided in truth, don't you? I don't want to get 20 miles down the road and find out I was going the wrong direction. I want to be guided in truth. Stand with me, please. And so the Holy Ghost is that spirit of truth that guides me into all truth. To be led of the Spirit is to be led in truth. I don't study the Word to say I know the Word. I study the Word to know Him who is the living Word, who is truth. I realize this is fairly elementary tonight. But my spirit is so stirred by the God of this world pressing against truth in this hour that we live in. And the attack upon truth. And if there's anything we must know, we must know who he is. And we must know what the word of God says to believe. And we must seek to believe it and love him and serve him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, give me a love for truth. The scripture says that there were those who did not have a love for truth. And because they did not love the truth, God himself sent a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. You see, it even matters to God. That you and I love truth. Not that we know truth. That we love truth. Can I just tell you unashamedly. I really do love this truth. I love this message. I don't know where I, I know where I'd be. I'd be lost without this truth. He found me. He touched my eyes so I could see. He touched my mind so I could conceive. He opened his words so that you and I could understand. Yes, my... Great-grandmother walked in it. And so therefore my grandfather walked in it. But I had to determine I love this truth. And you have to determine. Because when you love truth, you'll stop walking in darkness. We need a love for truth. I know I've said it a few times, but I can't reiterate. We need, we need 
We need a love for the truth like never before. The adversary will take and package the word in a way that's so enticing and seducing to someone that wants to associate with Christianity. But he'll put a layer on it that's not true and therefore it's deception. If you and I don't love truth, we'll be deceived. When we love truth, we fellowship truth. You hear me? When we love it, we fellowship it. We spend time with him, with truth. We seek to know him who is truth. We ask and trust him to shine on our heart and illuminate areas that are not true so that he can, in his love and mercy, cleanse us and purge us and lead us and guide us into all truth. You understand the very expression that the Holy Ghost would lead us and guide us into all truth is an acknowledgement that we're not in all truth. I'm not saying we're walking in error, but there's more and more of him. He continues to reveal. I don't want to become content and complacent. I want a passionate love for truth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you, where it's appropriate right now, would you maybe take the hand of the person beside you or lay a hand on each other's shoulder and would you pray with me for what Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Our minds being enlightened that we might understand. And would you pray for the revelation like never before. The spirit of revelation in the earth. Whereby truth is revealed to a lost world.